Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe. The idea's real simple, there's no secret code. Reach out to the people, spread that positive energy. Cause we're all looking for a little bit of serenity. Whatever little part of this planet you live in, these tales from the hard side are now transmitting. Transmitting. Welcome to this special edition of Tales from the Hard Side, episode 160. This is an experimental podcast called The Dreamer. Please enjoy all clips used under the Fair Use Act. Izzy Rock will return next week with more interviews, but felt the need to create this. Remember, it's just a ride. stories on the news, do you? Isn't that weird? Since most of the experiences I've had on drugs were real fucking positive. Uh, who are these morons they're finding? That's what I want to know. I used to want to call the news. Come over to our house. Watch Tommy. He's a pig. Film him. <laughs> He's been doing that for hours. He's killing us. You getting all that? You know what I mean? Always that same LSD story, you've all seen it. Young man on acid, thought he could fly, jumped out of a building. What a tragedy. What a dick. Fuck him. He's an idiot. If he thought he could fly, why didn't he take off on the ground first? Check it out. You don't see ducks lined up to catch elevators to fly south. They fly from the ground, you moron. Quit ruining for everybody. He's a moron. He's dead. Good. We lost a moron. Fucking celebrate. Wow, I just felt the world get lighter. We lost a moron. Put on the Hammer album. I'm ready to dance. 
we lost a moron. And I don't mean to sound cold or cruel or vicious, but I am, so that's the way it comes out. <laughs> Professional help is being sought. How about a positive LSD story? Wouldn't that be newsworthy just once to base your decision on information rather than scare tactics and superstitions and lies? I think it would be newsworthy. Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There's no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. You've been fantastic, and I hope you enjoyed it. There is a point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is there a point to my act? I would say there is. I have to. <laughs> the world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us, and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because... This is just a ride, and we kill those people. <laughs> Shut him up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This is, has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter because... It's just a ride. And we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. A choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks on your door, buy guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one. Here's what we can do to change the world right now to a better ride. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defense each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing, and educating the poor of the world, which it would many times over, not one human being excluded, and we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. Thank you very much. You've been great. I hope you enjoyed it. There's a, There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying, 
to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. Yeah, you know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. The greatest form of control is where you think you're free when you're being fundamentally manipulated and dictated to. One form of dictatorship is being in a prison cell and you can see the bars and touch it. The other one is sitting in a prison cell but you can't see the bars and you think you're free. What the human race is suffering from is mass hypnosis. We are being hypnotized by people like this. News readers, politicians, teachers, lecturers. We are in a country and in a world that is being run by unbelievably sick people. The chasm between what we're told is going on and what is really going on is absolutely enormous. When you're alone with your thoughts, you get an idea of what your thoughts actually are. If you live your life just acting constantly on the momentum of other people's expectations, of Ugh. you wanting to be liked by these other people, you can run into a trap and you, you, you set up a life that you didn't really want. You're fucked. You're, you're, you're trapped in this situation where you have a mortgage, you've got credit card bills, you've got student loans you have to pay, you have a bunch of shit going on that you have to continue to feed. And all that, and especially if you have a family and you have to feed them, oh my goodness, then you're fully locked in. You can't take any chances whatsoever. And oftentimes people make the mistake of getting stuck. And it is just a tactical mistake, just like it would be a mistake if you got stuck on a video game. Just like it would be a mistake if you followed a map incorrectly and you got stuck in the woods. Your life is certainly some sort of a journey. 
It's certainly some sort of a journey. And we have to all be aware that when we're making journeys, we're not going to always make the right steps. And sometimes you have to back up and try again. And if you're in a position where you can't back up and try again, you've trapped yourself. And the system will set out honeypots for people to get trapped in. The system will set out the ideas of retirement, the ideas of the golden years, providing you benefits, providing you a healthy work environment. Why? Well, because they want people to work for them. They don't want people to realize their own dreams and escape. And those, that's a fucking pain in the ass. So you got to hire more people and train them. And they want to set it up so that you stick around. You stick around in some sort of an unsatisfying world. It's up to you to see that video game problem, to see that issue as it comes up on the map. And no, no, I think this is a right turn to see all the problems that could potentially lay in front of you and calculate your, your future. And then also look around all the people that didn't do it and look at the misery that they're in and learn that you don't want to be like them. And then look at the people that are, have kind of taken chances and navigated their way. What did they do differently than you? What, what, what objectivity do they have that maybe you lack? What insight into their own mistakes are they willing to delve into that you're not, that you step back and you go, you know, I just don't, I just don't want to look at myself that closely. But the person who's able to look at themselves the closest is going to get the more rational results. Well put, you know, because you're your own architect. You know what I mean? You turn out how you sort of. I want to be like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Shit's not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, if you wanted to be like a seven foot tall man. black guy, yeah, it's, it's right. really the odds are slim. Yeah. The beginning was fear, the fear that everything that has a body experiences, once it realizes we live in a predatory universe, a universe in which absolutely everything gets to be eaten, if not by the sharp fangs of a predator, then by time itself. And fear became our god, and it began to rule over our lives, shrink our willingness to dare, and rob us of the beauty of it all. Fear is written in the deepest layer of our DNA. You can't run away from it, you can't escape it. It's so pervasive that plenty of people try to exorcise the demon. Religions, philosophy, advertisements, motivational speakers. They all tell you that if you make the jump and follow their cure, you'll no longer have anything to fear. They tell you that there are no monsters hiding under your bed. They promise you safety from everything you fear. They promise you a sense of empowerment. They promise you victory against all odds. And the reality is that they are trying to sell you something. You know, the monster is indeed under your bed after all. The reality is that you have every good reason to be afraid because everything you fear is on your tracks right now and will eventually catch up to you, destroy everything you loved and everything you are. So welcome to the world, motherfuckers. So why are, shouldn't we be afraid? I mean, if this is how it is, what, why shouldn't we be afraid? Wouldn't it be more appropriate to scare the shitless and rightfully so? The point is being scared doesn't help you. You know, reality is uglier and harsher than anything we like to admit to ourselves, and yet it's pointless to be scared since your fear is not going to protect you. Fear is only useful if it alerts you of a danger you can avoid, but if there's no possible way to avoid it, if it's inevitable, that it will crash you no matter how hard you fight, then what's the point of being afraid? You know, if you have no hope of survival, what's left, what's left to be afraid of? The only thing you'll succeed in doing is in spoiling this very second 
when the forces that will destroy you haven't stepped on the stage yet. Yes, you will not get out of here alive, but so what? All the more reason to celebrate right here and right now. Let's pop the champagne before all hell breaks loose, squeeze every last ounce of orgasmic ecstasy from the present moment, and when the monster finally clamps out, clamps out from under your bed, at least you'll have a good reason to smile before he devours you. You're already dead. Let's have a party in the meantime. Actually, one thing I wanted to bring up is, is, you know, part of something that I realized is, you know, for myself when I would track and I'm, I'm generally a pretty happy dude, but the times when I'm not happy, I really spent some time. Actually, the float tank helped me with this. And as I was, you know, we got a great new float center in Austin. And so I was going through there. I was like, all right, man, what's up with the fucking days where you're not happy and what's going on? Because that shouldn't exist. I have so, you know, such a great life, but there's times where these fogs come in. And I was like, all right, when I'm not happy, it's because I'm stressed out of something. You know, that's, that's generally what's, what's happening. And what that's doing is taking me out of the present moment. I'm no longer in the present moment. I'm either worried about something in the past or I'm thinking about something in the future. And I'm not just living free in that moment to just enjoy what's happening, the conversation of others, the, whatever else is going on. I'm in my own head. Well, what's causing that? Well, what's causing that? is fear at a certain point because you're stressed the stress the root of stress is fear you're either worried about something you know losing something so you're afraid of that or you're afraid of something changing you're afraid of part of your identity changing and so but what's at the root of the fear then so if we figure that fear is at the very base of that what's at the root of the fear is attachment and identity and so if you're attached to even if i'm attached to something that i love very much like let's say on it you know, I love it with, I love that company. I love what we're doing. But if I'm attached to it, then I'm terrified that something will happen to this. And I'll start creating these machinations in my head, you know, because it'll feel like part of me is dying mm-hmm. if, if that goes away. So if I can just remove the attachment and say, hey, guess what? I'm still a monkey. I still got my hands. I still, yeah. I'm still okay without all this other stuff. Without, if, if my relationships failed, if everybody around me died... You know, I love them very much and they add to the richness of my life. But to not be attached and to say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of them. But that's not me. You know, I'm still just a being that exists and I'll be okay. And then that starts to eradicate the fear. And then when the fear starts to go away, then the stress starts to go away. When the stress starts to go away, you can live in the present moment. And when you can be in the present moment, you can, even if something's painful, it's just pain. It's not suffering. So you can be happy. And that was the fucking... That was it for me. Now, doing that is super difficult. Maybe for you. (laughs) For me, not so hard. I got 150 Dunbar numbers in there, extra. I got plenty of room. Got plenty of room in my brain, son. Stop.
So then let's consider first of all, what is a mind in the grip of vicious circles? Well, one of the most obvious instances that we all know is the phenomenon of worry. The doctor tells you that you have to have an operation. And that has been set up so that automatically everybody worries about it. But since worrying takes away your appetite and your sleep, it's not good for you. But you can't stop worrying, and therefore you get additionally worried that you are worrying. And then furthermore, because that is quite absurd and you're mad at yourself because you do it, you are worried because you worry because you worry. That is a vicious circle. So now, can you allow your mind to be quiet? Isn't it difficult? Because the mind seems to be like a monkey, jumping up and down and jabbering all the time. Once you've learned to think, you can't stop. And an enormous number of people devote their lives to keeping their minds busy and feel extremely uncomfortable with silence. When you're alone, nobody's saying anything, there's nothing to do. There's this, this worry, this uh, lack of distraction. I'm left alone with myself and I want to get away from myself. I'm always wanting to get away from myself. That's why I go to the movies, that's why I read mystery stories, that's why I go after the girls or anything that you do or get drunk or whatever. I don't want to be with myself. I feel queer. So, well, why do you want to run away from yourself? What's so bad about it? Why do you want to forget this? Why do you want to become yourself? Because you are addicted to thoughts. This is a drug, a real dangerous one. Compulsive thinking going on and on and on and on and on all the time. It's a habit. So there's a difficulty about stopping that activity. And you really have to stop it if you want to be sane. Because if I talk all the time, I don't hear what anyone else has to say. Then I'll end up in the situation of having nothing to talk about but my own talking. Or so in exactly the same way, if I think all the time, I won't have anything to think about except thoughts. So in order to have something to think about, there are times when you simply must stop thinking. Well, how do you do that? The first rule is don't try to. Because if you do, you will be like someone trying to make rough water smooth with a flat iron. And all that will do will stir it up. So in the same way as a muddy, turbulent pool quiets itself when left alone, you have to know how to leave your mind alone. It will quiet itself. Two, one, two, three, four.
matter how much of a kook somebody seems, no matter how much of an asshole someone is, especially the assholes, especially when you end up around a seething cunt, really you're around somebody who is just a walking defense mechanism. And underneath that person is somebody who's just desperately trying to protect themselves because at some point they got fucking eviscerated by the world. And when you realize that, because that is true, then it makes it a little more difficult to create the us and them situation, which is the source of all wars and all conflict on earth. Because it's like, man, I would, by the way, there are challenges. I was around somebody last night where I was just like, I can't do it. Because I was really trying. Like, I was really trying, man. And and if I, I was around this guy, I was like really trying to like, I'm going to love this guy. I'm going to love him. Like, I, the, right away when I met him, I said, yeah, hi, I'm Duncan. Fairly clearly, big guy, alpha male guy. And he's like, donkey? Your name's donkey? And I'm like, no, it's Duncan. He's like, donkey. So I'm like, all right, okay, okay. I'm not, this is the test, right? This is a test. I'm going to be, I'm going to do this, man. I'm not going to, because normally in, I would react to that. I wouldn't right away react, but I would recognize, oh, you're, you're dumb if you're doing that. And then I'm going to lure you down all kinds of awful traps and make you fall over yourself if I can and really make you feel bad. And it's going to be a bad night for you. I would try to like fire back in some stupid way. I might win. I might lose, but I'd try. But it's like, okay, okay, okay. let's be mindful. Ego's reacting. Ego's reacting. This is a dick. This is a fucking dick. Let's get him. Let's get him. Easy to get a guy like that. Easy. He's clearly a dumb alpha male. But then it's like, no, he's probably he's probably somehow weirdly in a place he doesn't like or he feels threatened or he doesn't feel whatever. He's at, this is a defense mechanism, right? So I don't react. I just smile. It's like if this guy feels like he's dominating me, let's let him feel like he's dominating me. You know, Let's let him feel in control or whatever he's needing to feel and then let's see what happens. Will it go on forever? Will it be a dick for the whole night? But you know what starts happening, man? He starts showing me pictures in his phone of his beautiful daughters. And then he's just talking about how much he loves them. And then all of a sudden he's gone from being this kind of alpha male douche to this guy who's just clearly in love with his family and just like, I don't know. Do you feel like by not challenging him that you're enabling him to continue being that douche in the rest of his encounters with Every woman mm-hmm. he meets at the at the rest of the retreat and people he goes. That wasn't at the retreat. That was last night oh, at a bar. Last night at a bar. Okay. Like I get so appalled at being. I don't want to be complicit with enabling those kind of people to continue going through the world that way. I want to sabotage them. I want to fuck them up. I yeah, wanna... doesn't work. The thing is, if it worked, if it would work, that you could hurt a person and it would make them better, then it would be worthy of do of hurting them. The problem is, it doesn't work like that. If it did, the whole planet would be filled with compassionate, advanced, loving, beautiful beings, because all we do is hurt each other all the fucking time. It doesn't work. What works is love. That's all that works. If you're around somebody who really loves you and you get the feeling that they really love you, man, you're going to change. You won't, Even if you don't want to change, a little part of you is going to shift in a small way, even that's a small way because suddenly, especially if you have a bad personality – if you have a bad personality, all you're meeting is people with their shields up. That's all you're meeting is people like in defense mode. 
So if suddenly in this like, you know, sleepwalk that you're going through as an ego form that's trying to defend itself from pain, you run into somebody who your initial attempts to make them put up their fucking shields isn't working and they're just loving you, it's going to be different, man. It might not do anything, but it really might do something because that's that night where you didn't know why you felt different, but you felt different. And maybe that's going to lead you in some direction. But do you think that after he showed you pictures of his daughters and you connected and had that more kind of graceful moment with him that like he didn't go to the next person and be like, what'd you say? Your name's Frogger? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I walked away from him and like talk shit about him at the bar. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I did it as long as I could. And then it was like, ah, I just too, I can't be around this person that long, but I tried it and it did temporarily work. Okay. For my, you know, it's like lifting weights. It's like, don't, you're not going to go to the big weights right away. Just do what you can do. And when you get sick of the person, walk away and talk shit or be mean to them. If you want to be mean, you don't have to like try to be something, but experiment with it and watch what happens. This afternoon I'll live in debt By tomorrow be replaced by children How many people rise and think Oh good, the stranger's body's still here our arrangement hasn't changed Now I've got a lifetime to consider all the ways I grow more disappointing to you As my beauty warps and fades I suspect you feel the same I was young I dreamt of a passionate obligation to a roommate Is this the part where I get all I ever wanted Who said that Can I get my money back Just a little board in the USA Oh, just a little board in the USA 
save me white Jesus bought in the USA oh they gave me a useless education a subprime loan craftsman home my prescriptions filled now I can't get off but I can kind of deal with being in the USA oh just a little bored in the USA save me prayer I'm bored in the USA How did it happen Bored in the USA Oh Oh. Folks, it ain't about that It ain't about the guy who drives by in a clean car when you're dirty. It's not his fault. It's you should figure out how to be clean. You should figure out how to do a job that doesn't involve you walking in mud all day. And that's possible because somebody else has done it. I don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Someone's always going to have to work at Burger King. Someone's always going to have to. I don't buy that. I think people are pretty fucking flexible. If you look at the broad spectrum of humans and human behavior from different cultures all over the world, it's pretty obvious to me that there's, there's a lot of different ways that people can act. We don't have to have fast food workers. We don't, we, we don't have to have people who work shit jobs. We don't have to. We just need to figure out how to restructure society so everybody somehow or another plays a part, has something to contribute, has something to share. I mean, that's what a real society is supposed to be like. I give you some coconuts. You give me some fish. You know, we make a deal, and you do it back and forth and left and right. And when there's nothing to contribute, then you start looking, the president needs to give us jobs. We need jobs. So instead of something to contribute, you just find something to do with your time. And then it becomes about doing that more than it becomes about finding something to contribute. So society gets wrapped around becoming a part of a machine. Society, instead of becoming a bunch of individuals that are expressing themselves in unique ways and everybody sort of borrows and shares and and, and sells this and you sell that and we all sort of figure out how we can contribute in a society, we got sidetracked and diverted into these boxes that they call companies and corporations and we got stuck into these containers they go cubicles or offices and we got forced into this system so our time instead of it being invested in making pottery or or fixing cars or doing something where you have a, a passion or you have some sort of a connection to instead of that you've sold your life to sit in a box and work for a machine an uncaring machine that demands productivity it doesn't understand you it doesn't want to understand you it has a bunch of very strict things in order to keep the humor at a minimum in the office just in case one of you fuckheads says some stupid sex jokes to get them sued and they have to give somebody a million dollars so get it together and this is your life now 
no natural behavior. Everybody's wearing clothes they don't want to wear. Everybody's showing up and doing something they don't want to do. They have no connection to. That's the problem with our society. And then what's the reward for all this stuff? Go home, get a big TV. Go home, you're going to get a shiny belt buckle. You're going to get a nice purse. You're going to wear shoes that you couldn't afford last week. You're going to get that dream car. And every week we're chasing down this new object. And every week we're trying to fill this hole in this 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 sad shadow of a life that we've been left with after work. That you work eight to whatever to hours a day plus commuting. And then you're like this. And that's your life. That's your real fucking life. All that other stuff is not your life anymore. All that other stuff is work. And most of us have committed to that. I know you've been there before, and I've been there before. And we, we understand that it's a trap because we got out of it. But for the people that are in it, a lot of times they don't even understand it's a trap. They just think it's a good job. They think they got dental. I'm doing really good. I got my own parking spot. It's got my name on it. And you're just a piece of a heartless shitty machine that makes money. But don't you think you have to go through all that just to figure out what you want to do? Because no, I mean, I didn't I think know. I did, but I don't think you have to. Look, I, I did, but I became, when I became a comedian when I was 21, I was 100% convinced that I was going to be a stand-up comedian for the rest of my life. Like, I didn't need to worry about what was next. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm, there's no, I don't want to do anything else. Like, this, this is what I'm doing. And once I found it, I was good. All the jobs were just to feed myself while I was trying to make that work. But it's, um, to get one and commit to it and have it become a part of your life becomes really problematic because if you're, if you're a dirtbag like myself who drove limos and did construction and did all these, you know, almost kind of temporary jobs that a lot of people drift in and out of, there's nothing expected of you. But if you get hired by a major corporation and become a big part of their, their, their you know, their program, like let's say you're also an animator and you get a gig. Like I have a friend who uh, was uh, an illustrator and he was uh, working for Nickelodeon and he got fired and he was panicking and he was like, shit, I don't know what the fuck to do. He's like, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out another job. So he started making paintings and selling his paintings. It was the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Now he's a super. His name's Todd White. He's a super successful artist. He makes like this uh, kind of martini style, like uh, cocktails from the like like cocktail parties from the 1920s, like those cool kind of cartoonish martini glass things. He's got a real specific, distinctive style. It's really cool. He's a great artist. And he's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I know him from uh, John Jock Machado's. He's uh, a great guy, but it was uh, an opportunity for him to, to lose a job, and even a job that he loved as an illustrator. But, you know, I'm sure he'd much rather do what he wants to do and do what's going on in his mind. Well, that's cool stuff. Oh, he's really cool. He's badass. And he's a great oh, guy, too. Very good. cool guy. I'm just as guilty as anybody else for the murder of the rap game, you know what I'm saying? So I think we all play part in part Every kind of music is stagnant every once in a while. Comes to a point where it needs to be re-energized. It's been dead, I'm just bold enough to say it. Gotta start rapping about something that's real. What does that have to do with our community? What does that have to do with our community? 
the next to kin And we broke this motherfucker You wanna kill me cause my hunger Mr. America, young black niggas want ya I wanna talk to the man, understand? Understand this motherfucker cheat back in my hand Look what happened to San Fran Young girl, hit by policeman Twelve shots up in a dome van Niggas thought we slept But the architects of the Pentagon from Egypt Government secret, the 9-9, the 2G Computer shut down, what now? Extinction on Earth, human cut down Niggas play with Playstations They build the space stations All Mars, plotting civilizations Dissing us, discriminating different races Taxpayers pay for more jails for black and Latin faces The black man, why y'all made it so hard? Damn, nigga gotta go create his own job Mr. Mayor, imagine this was your backyard Mr. Governor, imagine it's your kids that starve Imagine your kids gotta sling crack to survive Swing a Mac to be live Pontiac and get high It's the ghetto life Yeah, I celebrate it, I live it And all I got is what you left me with I'ma get it And y'all combining all the countries We gon' do the same Combine all the clips to make one game It ain't a black and white thing It's to make a change Citizens of a higher plane, plane, plane. Niggas bang my shit before Saddam hits. But now Saddamas tell us what time it is. They try to buy us the dough. Fake black leaders are puppets. Always talk about the city budget. The news got it all confused. Lying to the public. They eyes watching. Stay wise and move above it. Water floods predicted. Hurricane twisted. It's all signs of the Armageddon. 360s. People first the system. Politics first religion. Holy war. Muslim first Christian. Niggas in high places. They don't got the balls for this. People in power sit back and watch them slaughter us. Mr. President, I assume it was negligence but your streets are upside down. I'm here to represent, represent. way out is education. Always has been, always will be. It is the great leveler of the playing field. That's why some politicians and some people who are of a certain bent not only fear education, they hate education because they realize that minorities, whole demographics will become educated. And when they do that, the prison population will plummet. Equality and the burden of equality these people will have a slightly narrowed pie slice of wealth. They'll have to give up a little. They'll still be filthy rich, but they won't be super-duper filthy, obscene rich. And people of different skin tones will be making better choices with their life. That is to say, minorities who fill American prisons, who do big amounts of time, who end up having shortened lifespans, and some of this is death by misadventure, bad choices, but a lot of it is a lack of education. And so that's why people who worked in the government for education, like my mother, who worked for health education and welfare and national education and planning until I think two different Republican administrations came to wipe them both out. 
uh, education, no, no, level playing field. Eek! So that is the way out. So what do you teach in school? You teach aptitude. You teach the ability to learn. You teach discipline, focus, application, and how to read, and basic mathematics so someone can open up any book and have the interest, the focus, and the discipline to pursue the knowledge contained therein. And that way they can become a plumber or an astronaut because they have the mindset that says, I can achieve, I want to achieve, and I'm going to sit here with this damn book for eight hours and I'm going to get it because I learned the aptitude. I learned how to sit down, shut up, and apply myself. And with that, the world of knowledge fairly throws itself into your lap. And so that is the great dismal failure of no child left behind. When you teach to a test, you're basically just trying to get reelected. You're looking good at tax time. You're looking good when they come through the building and evaluate you. Well, they learned the test. They learned the test, but they didn't learn how to learn. And so that's what I find as a breakdown in teaching systems. They don't teach you how to think because as soon as you get that under your cap, books are books. Information is information. You just find what, what pleases you. But if you have the ability to learn, you're going to make better choices and you'll have an intellectual confidence that will allow you to really maximize your potential. It's where the idea of robbing a liquor store or putting a gun up to someone's head, you would have literally better things to do with your time. And that's where you see real progress. That's the America you could have, and you could have it in this century. But it would be an America that is a much more level playing field. Democracy would be a far more vigorous thing. We would be expecting much more of our politicians Congress would not have these amazing vacations they have. They'd be smarting from getting caned by the people because if they didn't do the people's will like they're supposed to, they'd be out of office in two to four or six years. I like that. And Jefferson could stop finally turning in his grave. the dragon that we have to slay is internally based. It's internal self-sabotage, what I call resistance with a capital R. And what has worked, the question then becomes, well, how do you overcome it? Once you identify the voices that you hear in your head that uh, are really not you, they're really this negative force that, that, that's out there that's resisting you. For, as an example, if you ever try to meditate, 
and you try to quiet your mind, you find just these crazy things go through your head one after the other. And if you identify with them and you say, that's me, then you're in trouble. But if you recognize them as just sort of alien you know, visitations, you can just let them pass through and keep working. So, okay, how do you overcome resistance? For me, the, the policy that I use or the phrase that I use is turning pro, which is a kind of a different attitude from being an amateur to being a professional. Now, an amateur, when you, an amateur hits a sticking point, like if you're going to play basketball and your ankle hurts, you'll just retire to the bench and say, hey, it hurts. But a pro like Kobe Bryant or somebody like that learns to play hurt. And a pro learns to do all the things that we do on our regular jobs, but apply it to our, our, our love, the love of our life, our work. A pro shows up every morning no matter what. A pro stays on the job all through the day. A pro doesn't over-identify with the work so that if there's a failure, it knocks them out of, out of the batter's box. A pro doesn't take failure personally or success personally. A pro is patient. A pro endures adversity. A pro plays hurt. All of these, this kind of attitude of a professional helps you attain that sort of lunch pail, hard hat, you know, attitude that's not precious, not a prima donna, not a diva, but a hardworking, hit them every day, go for it, infantry attack mode. And that, for me, is, is how you get something done from A to Z. you can share with us about the universe? The most astounding fact. The most astounding fact. Is the knowledge that the atoms that comprise life on Earth, the atoms that make up the human body, are traceable to the crucibles that cooked light elements into heavy elements in their core under extreme temperatures and pressures. These stars, the high-mass ones among them, went unstable in their later years. They collapsed and then exploded, scattering their enriched guts across the galaxy. Guts made of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and all the fundamental ingredients of life itself. These ingredients become part of gas clouds, 
that condense, collapse, form the next generation of solar systems, stars with orbiting planets. And those planets now have the ingredients for life itself. So that when I look up at the night sky, and I know that, yes, we are part of this universe, we are in this universe, but perhaps more important than both of those facts is that the universe is in us. When I reflect on that fact, I look up. Many people feel small because they're small and the universe is big, but I feel big because my atoms came from those stars. There's a level of connectivity. That's really what you want in life. You want to feel connected. You want to feel relevant. You want to feel like a, you're a participant in the goings-on of activities and events around you. That's precisely what we are, just by being alive.
understand is to perceive patterns. Now, of course, what this means is that true comprehension comes when the dots are revealed and you get Stephen Johnson's long view and you see the big picture. This is the idea about patterns, 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 recurring patterns across different scales of reality. You know, Paul Stamets talks about the mycelial archetype and how the information sharing systems that comprise the internet look exactly like computer models of dark matter in the universe, look exactly like the neurons in a brain. They all share the same intertwinkle filamental structure. It's the rise of networkism as big data advocates talk about how man-made systems are looking exactly like natural systems. The more we can measure, the more we can visualize, the more we can visualize, the more it expands our consciousness by seeing these recurring patterns across scales of reality. It blows my mind, and I think that technology increasingly is becoming uh, an, an expander of human consciousness. It extends our thought, reach, and vision, and revealing so much more. It's like, whereas once I was blind, now I can see Jeffrey West from the Santa Fe Institute is telling us that cities are really like organisms, you know, alleys are like capillaries. How is it possible that a man-made artificial technological system is behaving like a natural system? The more efficient it becomes, the more it's starting to look like nature. Really interesting, weird stuff. Um, you know, but but it makes me optimistic. It's like when Stephen Johnson says, look, if we can understand all this stuff, we can, I mean, any, anything becomes possible, right? It's the adjacent possible, standing as a sort of shadow future, a map of all the ways the present can reinvent itself. It's, it's beautiful stuff. imagine we are free you know the imaginary foundation which i adore and i quote them all the time they say that the whole you know the, the goal of human imagination is to imagine to conjure up all these delightful future possibilities these delightful future scenarios pick the most amazing and ecstatic one and then guess what pull the present forward to meet that possibility and guess what we can do that you know uh, ray kurzweil talks about the fact that because we can create virtual models in our brains and combine with our modest-looking thumbs, that was sufficient to usher in the secondary force of evolution called technology and how it will continue until the entire universe is at our fingertips and we impregnate the universe with intelligence. Um, or Terence McKenna when he says that, you know, what human beings do is take in matter of little organization, put it through our mental filterings, literally, and then extrude it in the form of space shuttles or iPhones. I mean, that's literally what's going on. If you were able to look at human progress as if you were time lapse over the last hundred years, you would see that literally thoughts spill over into the world in the form of technology. We engage in feedback loops with that technology, which then extends our ability to instantiate new realities in the world. You know, people talk about rendering files on Final Cut Pro, you know, like, well, we're more and more rendering our visions, our dreams onto the instantiated Euclidean meat space. And that's incredible. And that's only increasing. You know, the, our capability, our ability to do that is only increasing because, you know, <laughs> we're only limited by our imagination. And, and, and it's, it's really the case. I mean, what you have now is this, you have exponential progress, right? These exponential growth curves in information technology that point to the fact that the computer in your cell phone today is a million times cheaper, a million times smaller, and a thousand times more powerful than a $60 million supercomputer was that was half a building in size 40 years ago. That's a billion-fold increase in price and performance and miniaturization. That's going to continue. So in the next 25 years, computers will be the size of blood cells interfacing with our biological bodies, trillions of times more powerful capabilities. And then 
You also have that information technology exponential growth curve spilling over into biotechnology. Freeman Dyson talks about the domestication of biotech, you know, things like GPS that were once these big government things, and now everybody has GPS on their phone. So imagine the same thing with biotechnology. It's not going to be like Monsanto, big genetic engineering corporation. No, it's going to be that we're each going to be able to like engineer our own food and have in vitro meat and reprogram our own biochemistry, upgrade our biology, live longer, reverse engineer aging, stop, stop it, stop entropy from killing us. I mean. And then, and then, okay, that's biotech. Then you have nanotechnology, which is to manip manipulate matter at the level of the atom. So at that point, the building blocks of the physical world will be programmable. So literally, we can turn, you know, dog shit into pearls. I mean, talk about abundance. Talk about giving the world everything they could ever need and more. I mean, each of us increasingly moving into universes of our own construction. Then artificial intelligence, virtual reality, hacking into our nervous systems, creating non-biological intelligence or a non- or a biotechnological hybrid that augments and feeds upon itself in some recursive feedback loop then expands onto forever. And you're talking about substrate-independent minds, trillions of times more powerful than we are now. And, 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 and you know, if we can imagine it, why not make it so? And so once again, my dear Johnny, my dear friend. And so once again, you are fighting us and cry and I fall Oh my friend How did you come To trade the fiddle for the drum You say I have turned Like the enemies you But I can remember all the good things you are And so I ask you please Can I help you find the peace and the star? Oh my friend, what time is this? To trade a handshake for the fist And so once again No America, my friend And so once again You are fighting us all and when we ask you why You raise your sticks and cry and we fall Oh my friend, how did you come To trade the fiddle for the drum You say we have turned like the enemies you've earned But we can remember All the good things you are 
so we ask you please can we help you find the peace and the star oh my friend we have all come to fear the beating of your drum my soul is not contained within the limits of my body my body is contained within the limitlessness of my soul I've often said that I wished people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. I can tell you from experience the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Because everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. We're not the avatars we create. We're not the pictures on the film stock. We are the light that shines through. All else is just smoke and mirrors, distracting but not truly compelling. Our eyes are not viewers. They're also projectors that are running a second story over the picture that we see in front of us all the time. Fear is writing that script. Now fear is going to be a player in your life. But you get to decide how much. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about the pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here. And the decisions we make in this moment which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying that you can ask the universe for it. Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. As far as I can tell, it's just about letting the universe know what you want and working toward it while letting go of how it comes to pass. Why not take a chance on faith? Not religion, but faith. Not hope, but faith. I don't believe in hope. Hope is a beggar. Hope walks through the fire and faith leaps over it. You are ready and able to do beautiful things in this world. And after you walk through those doors today, you will only ever have two choices, love or fear. Choose love and don't ever let fear turn you against your playful heart. night of our lives but you're gonna let it be the worst and i guarantee a week won't go by in your life you won't regret walking out letting them get the best of you well i'm not going home 
You've got too far! And I'm gonna stay right here and fight for this lost cause. A day may come when the courage of men fails, but it is not this day. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. You're gonna work harder than you ever worked before. But that's fine, we'll just get tougher with it. If a person grits his teeth and shows real determination. Failure is not an option. That's how winning is done. Believe me when I say we can break this army here. And win just one for the Gipper. But I say to you, what every warrior has known since the beginning of time, you've got to get mad. I mean plumb mad dog mean. If you would be free men, then you must fight to fulfill that promise. They just cut out their living guts one inch at a time. And they will know what we can do. Let no man forget how menacing we are. We are lions. You're like a big bear, man. This is your time. Seize the day. Never surrender. Victory or death. Patch the Chicago. Who's with me? Clap. Clap. Don't let him die. Clap. All right, let's fly. Gentlemen in England, now our bed shall know my name is the Lord. When I tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our Independence Day. you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.
Look, the people you are after are the people you depend on. We cook your meals. We haul your trash. We connect your calls. We drive your ambulances. We guard you while you sleep. Do not fuck with us. Now I stare into the future with 
with a spiritual flashlight Wondering who the fuck was me in a past life Bad diet, fuck raw, die young, fast life Same as a crash flight that took off When the music died on your last night Tell them the truth and they call you a traitor Talk to them honestly and they call you a hater Losing my composure cause the message is urgent Talking reckless, drunk on the mic like Larry Merchant Cursing at the serpent, Sumerian demons Who brush their wings against the air that I'm breathing A heathen with nothing left to believe in Even a reason for living that was forgiven by God and not religion Envision Jesus risen from the dead like Horus In a Baptist church Shaking off the rigor mortis The border should be illegal instead of the people That were here before the Bible and all of its sequels I speak to the detached and unrealistic That were born normal but turned socially autistic We resisted Homeland Security's mission Because I know what they really envisioned I am the high in the sky If you are listening to this, it is your responsibility to burn this for every single motherfucker you know. anybody like you in our town. Everybody's thinking inside the box and everybody wants you to just get a good job and, and, and just move on and get a family and uh, don't consider anything to go to church to be a good person. And you know, There's a lot of people that we're talking to, they're like, they're starting to look at this thing. They're starting to back up and they're starting to look up at the sky. And they're starting to look to the left and look to the right and go, whoa, what the fuck is this? What is this thing we're doing here? Because this isn't just... We're living life. In the beginning, Bob was a baby. Bob went to high school, then college. He played a bit of football before settling down with his lovely... No, 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 no. That's not what it is. That's just some shit we made up to make ourselves ourselves feel more comfortable. I mean, those events are actually taking place. Bob is going to school. Bob is... But that doesn't mean shit, okay? What really means something is we're flying through the fucking universe. We're in space. We are in a ship. It's an organic ship. Right. We're not, we're not on the ground, okay? We're thinking we're on the ground. No, we're flying. I'm afraid to be in space in a spaceship. You're on a spaceship right now. It's just fucking huge. It's a 24,000-mile-across spaceship. Yeah. Okay? It's a spaceship. That's what it is. We're not, we're not grounded. It's not like the universe is a solid mass and we're sitting on it. We're flying. We are right now hurling, and we're spinning a thousand miles an hour around a massive nuclear explosion. I'm late for work. I've got to get my blockbuster video back. The, the real thing is we're living our lives. We're going through this, what we think is a predetermined pattern of behavior, following the same roads to get to work every day. And we're thinking that it makes sense. But all the while we're doing this, we're supporting technology. Technology is developing, developing at a far, far faster rate than our biology can process. Is he walking the house?
I wonder if things are really changing, Duncan, the way I feel like they're changing. I wonder if it's just my circle of people, and I wonder if it's just uh, the people that we come in contact with through the podcast and through Twitter, the the, the positive people. I wonder how much the world shares in the sort of the the vibe that that we feel and that we're riding. And I always wonder if that is what, if putting that out there, if if it's possible that we can get our shit together by using the internet, by using podcasts, by using, you know, uh, different ways to communicate to each other that we can somehow or another all be reached and all get our shit together in this generation more so than anybody's ever done before. Well, you know, man, I mean, I think that there has to be a, um, you know, everyone has to keep using the technology. It's like, Dude, like when I went to fucking Cincinnati, my this guy I met this awesome guy named Izzy who who started his own podcast from listening to your podcast and listening to my podcast. He started his own podcast called Tales from the Hard Side. Hello, hi, this is Duncan Trussell, and you're listening to Izzy Rock, Tales from the Hard Side. God bless you and your family. May your mommy be fat. <laughs>